Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ask Marco, where I answer your investing-related questions. Today's question comes from Marcus, and he says, Hi Marco, I stumbled on your podcast about a month ago, and I am hooked. I'm 34 years old and have been renting my entire life. Uh, you're only 34. That's not <laughs> a, a whole heck of a long time. I've been at the same job for just over 10 years and have about $230,000 of savings and another $300,000 in my 401k. That is a fantastic savings amount. When you're in the six figures like that um, at 34 years old, that's fantastic because let's face it, uh, statistically, about half of Americans can't put $400 together in case of an emergency. So that is phenomenal. I'm in a coastal market, Los Angeles, and have major trepidation about buying here for passive real estate or any real estate for that matter. I know you preach being market agnostic when it comes to passive real estate. So how did you branch out to other markets in the beginning? All right, well, this is a question about me, <laughs> which I don't like to talk about much. Um, but it is a good question because it is really how I started that created the systems that we use today to help other people, clients of ours at Norada Real Estate Investments, to invest in other markets. And so really the short story is that I was living and still am living in Southern California in Orange County. And I had my principal residence and then I bought a condo in Orange County that was $152,500 when I originally purchased it. And then when I sold it, it was near the peak. I believe it was $430,000 when I sold the property. And I had held on to that property for, let's see, about five years. So I just came in at the right time when the numbers made sense because I was able to rent that property that I bought for $152,500 for approximately 1%, about $1,500, dollars to $1,500 per month. So it met that quote unquote 1% rule. Again, you don't have to be spot on with 1%. It could be lower. And for, for an investment like that, where you are in a hot market, having a lower rent-to-value ratio is okay because if you are at 0.8%, even 0.7%, and you have some income coming from the property, knowing that you may be selling that property three to five to seven years down the road as your exit strategy, and let's say doing a tax-deferred exchange into more property later, but you know you're gaining a lot of appreciation in that short period of time, three to five years, your total return on investment makes a whole heck of a lot of sense because I will give up the cash flow on the front end, maybe not in its entirety, but I will certainly be willing to sacrifice cash flow in lieu of appreciation in a strong appreciating market. I'm not chasing appreciation, don't get me wrong, because that would be breaking one of my 10 rules. Uh, but I'm really just looking to increase my overall rate of return because I'm thinking about it more broadly. I have a more holistic approach. It's not just about the cash flow. Cash flow is important. It's king. It holds my deal together, but I need the cash flow to keep the property afloat in order to gain the equity through appreciation over time. Now, that was a mouthful. I know that made sense to pretty much everybody, but it needs to be said. So, 
what I did is I essentially started investing out of state in markets such as Florida, Atlanta, and Michigan from my home in Orange County, California, investing over 2,000 miles away. And to make a long story short, what I was doing is buying single family homes, duplexes, some fourplexes, and a couple of small apartments. And in the process of doing that, I tripped and fell many times. I got a lot of bruises and scrapes. I picked myself up. I learned from the lesson. You know, I, I've made a lot of mistakes. I had the wrong contractors. I got taken on, you know, bids. I got charged extra. Sometimes I couldn't verify the costs of some of the repairs that were being made because I wasn't using the right management. That was another mistake that I made is uh, using a real estate agent as my property manager. What you want to do is have a professional, full-service, full-time management team working as your management company, assuming you're using outside management. If you're doing self-management, that's a different subject. But more often than not, you're going to use full-service property management. I didn't do that. In one month, I was actually taken by a total of $6,000 of gross rental receipts uh, that were supposedly sent to me via UPS, but there was no proof of that. There was no receipt. And I had my real estate agent, who was really my scout for finding deals, telling me that she had sent it. Well, you know, she was pointing the finger at the UPS guy, and the UPS guy couldn't tell me anything because he would give a receipt if you dropped anything off. So anyway, I made my fair share of mistakes. The point being is I had to create systems. And I did that, and it took me a while, but I did it over the course of you know months and years, and that ultimately became the purchase process that we use you know internally here at Norada Real Estate. So that purchase process is really the methodology and the step-by-step process. Uh, in fact, it's literally a two-page checklist that my investment counselors use with you um, when you are working with them to decide on markets and acquire properties and do your due diligence and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, to the question of how did I branch out, it, it was really a matter of necessity. Things were just not only getting expensive in California rapidly, but when you compared uh, the down payment requirements of properties in California to that which you could purchase in places like Northeast and the Southeast, uh, Michigan, Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Metro, uh, Southwest Florida, um, even Jacksonville, Tampa. It really made more sense mathematically and um, and even fundamentally in other markets because it, when you're in the coastal markets, you see a lot of up and down cyclical movements. And I didn't want to be caught in that in California. It was great on the ride up, but I didn't want to be caught in that. And that started in 2006. And I knew that was starting when I got phone calls from the lenders we were working with that were saying, hey, these loan programs are being pulled. Everything you have in escrow right now is no longer uh, being funded. We're going to have to find other lenders if we can find them. And that was the writing on the wall. It happened in 2006. And then things started to unfold in 2007. And then, you know, we had what essentially was the housing market implosion and the Great Recession of 2008. So, um, we had warning, but uh, but there were a lot of things that pushed me to look at other markets. Plus, I was networking with a lot of other real estate agents and uh, real estate investors, and they were all investing in these other markets. Some good, some bad. Um, I didn't particularly care for a lot of the areas in the core of Detroit, meaning within the city, uh, what is referred to as inside of Eight Mile Road. 
but I was buying properties there as well. And there are certainly pros and cons, and I'm not picking on Detroit, of course. Uh, there's pros and cons with every single market. Detroit had just more issues to deal with than many of the other markets that I was looking at at the time. So um, I guess to your question of, you know, how did I branch out? It was really um, a desire and a necessity. And I started looking at the markets. I started putting a team together. Back then it was real estate agents. Um, and then from that, I started to uh, make relationships with contractors to do repairs and work. And then relationships with property managers to manage the properties. I mistakenly using an agent at first, but then ultimately using a, a local property management firm. Yeah, as simple as that sounds, that's really how I branched out. I, I just knew that there were better opportunities elsewhere. And so uh, that's the whole thing about being market agnostic. Well, Marcus, I, I hope that answers your question. I feel like I'm answering this at a 30,000 foot level, but I try to keep these to five to seven minutes. So without going into a long in-depth story and taking 30 minutes, I maybe will reserve that for another day. All right. Well, I hope that helps. If not, just uh, uh, let me know what you'd like to know and I can expand on it. Uh, for everyone else, if you have a question about real estate or investing or finance or anything else, shoot me an email. Click Ask Marco at the top of PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com and let me know what's on your mind. And if you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and I will see you on our next episode. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.